Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. Today's conversation is possibly a little controversial for many people, and I do believe we sit on one side of the fence or the other. So I'm always fairly open with the side of the fence I sit on. So I want to talk about SDAs, student disciplinary absences, and what I see as the oxymoron, for want of a better word, between SDAs and inclusivity. If we say we are a truly inclusive school, or if we say that education is for all, which is our banners, it's our mantras, it's what we claim on every website, every policy document, that we are here to educate everybody. So if we truly believe that, then how the hell do we have a place for SDAs, school disciplinary absences? How do we have a place for not SDAs, but punitive policies that talk about, and I always love the words that go with it, and yes, we have discussed this before on an earlier podcast, but when we have a behaviour support room or a room for restorative conversations or a responsible thinking room, when quite honestly, what do they say? It's a sheep, a wolf wrapped up in sheep's clothing. In all honesty, if we have rooms that withdraw students from the curriculum, I don't care what words you use to make them sound popular or to make them sound supportive. They're not supportive. They are withdrawing students from the curriculum. And the conversation that I hear over and over again is, but that student was removed because of the disruption or the detriment to other students. Now, are there times that the behavior or the safety of all or most is warranted as a consideration over one? Absolutely, there are times. We can see it right through history with war, with oh, poverty, with so many different societal and cultural things that are in place. Here's the thing, though. We are paid to educate. We are paid to educate everyone. We don't get to choose that this child is too disruptive, that this child is too much, too little, too something. And what I see over and over again I see students who are removed, and sorry, my frustration will come through here. I see students who turn up at class, and because it's part of the policy, that if a student has not sought out a teacher after an infringement notice has been given for a restorative conversation, then they're not allowed back in class. So we're actually punishing them not just for the primary instance of misbehavior or disruption. We have an ongoing, because now we're not just wanting them to change their behavior. We're expecting them to be responsible, organized, and to do all the things that we most likely know they're not capable of demonstrating in class, let alone to follow up and find us for a restorative conversation. And then we remove them from the class for a second, third time. Teachers who say students haven't turned up for their third detention, and so I'm not letting them in. I'm just asking the question, and I hope it sparks curiosity and some discourse within your staff rooms. If we truly believe that we are a school or a department of schools that is here to educate all, then how do we do school disciplinary absences? How do we have processes that remove students from the learning? 
And the one that challenges me is that when teachers say, but Tom is so naughty, he was disrupting, like it was detrimental to everyone else's learning, then why can I see Tom in three other classrooms where he's not interrupting the learning? And that's where my research found evidence of the way we interact with students changes the environment in which we're teaching. And when we talk four dimensions, we are talking about our responsibility as educators, our responsibility to educate everyone, not choose the students that are easy, not discard the students that are more difficult or challenging. But how do we, as the adult in the classroom, choose to educate every single child that is now our student sitting in front of us? Our job is to make sure we educate everybody. Our job is to make sure we reduce the time students are out of classrooms. Now, school disciplinary absences, they won't go away because community wants them. Society still operates on a system of punitive. Look at our prisons, they're overflowing. And it doesn't matter whether they're minor or major. And am I saying let everyone out of prison? Hell no, hell to the no. But what I'm talking about, we are not a prison. We are a school. Our purpose, a prison's purpose, is for people who have been under investigation, have been represented, have been found guilty, go to prison. And even then they get it wrong occasionally. We are not a prison. We are an educational system. So our goal is to educate. Our job is to ensure we provide the environment to educate everybody. So for me, long-time reform, absolutely we need to get rid of school disciplinary absences. Do we need internal suspensions? Do we need support rooms that remove students? Do you know what? There's so much that we need to do for that to be successful, and I'm aware of that. So this is a conversation that could go over four, five, ten podcasts with all the views of Carolyn Blackley. But do I believe that we should remove and particularly reduce significantly the time students are out of classrooms? Absolutely. When students are away from school, guess what? They're not learning. When students are out of your classrooms, they're also not learning. We don't get, we are not a judge and jury. We don't get to restrict the learning and education of one because we have chosen that the learning and education of all others is paramount or more important than that one child. Here's the reality if you look at the research. That one child that disrupts more often or most often is probably the child that requires or is absolutely craving for more interactions, more exposure to vocabulary, more encouragement than any of the other students in your classroom. So this is not a love fest for the poor child, for the child that is unable to behave. This is a reality check. This is just saying, if you state on one hand you believe in education for all, how do your interactions in the classroom support that statement? How do your interactions with all students shift from a thinking of, you know what, you annoy me long enough, you disrupt the learning long enough, I just flick you out of my classroom. How do we shift from that to it is my responsibility and I will do this with integrity and accountability and I will teach you in the learning environment in which I want to provide you with? I'm not saying cognitive load is not high and frustration and negative affect is not present. I see it in many classrooms. The teachers I see with 80% of interactions sitting in that green footprint, dimension one and two, they are the ones that minimize and almost eliminate disruption from their classrooms. We have to model to students that it is learning that is our focus, that curriculum is our core business. And when we have public behavior conversations, when we remove students from our classrooms, we are not representing this thinking. We are representing a, when it gets too hard, too challenging, or I've had enough of you, I just remove you. 
I'm not even talking about the damage of relationships. I'm just talking about basic access to education. So think about what you truly believe. Do you believe that there should be education for all? And if you do, because I most certainly do believe it is our job, then how do you represent that statement in your classroom? How do you represent that statement in every interaction with every student that you work with? There are definitely students that warm our hearts and those that challenge us on different days. There are definitely students that some teachers will say, Caroline, I find it so hard to like that student. One of the reasons I talk connections rather than just relationships is that we actually get paid to connect with students so that we can teach them better. So think about why you're here. Think about what you want from your classroom. And truly think about your values surrounding the statement, education for all. If you believe this, then how do you shift and move towards creating an environment where that is true? Because removing students from our classrooms, it does not benefit anybody. Food for thought. Have a great day. Look forward to chatting on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.